All right. Here we are with Spiders and Snakes, a Star Wars story in Fellowship. Fellowship, Spiders and Snakes, a Star Wars story. The introduction episode. We're in May 2021, and we have with, and I am Devin playing the Empire Framework, and we have here today Adam playing Lam Nar, the spider. Jack playing Kess Eldar of Mandalore, the elf playbook. I'm Jonathan, playing U-93, a battle droid, the squire. And Peter as Void Within Without, a given abyssal nemesis. Alright, so, uh, just to kind of start on in in this, this is technically a sequel to our Star Wars Pitch Black game, whereas Pitch Black took place in the Clone Wars, Spiders and Snakes takes place during the Rise of the Empire. Um, it's before New Hope, but after Revenge of the Sith. I don't know how close it is to New Hope. We were always sort of talking about it being a couple weeks or months off uh, from it actually happening. Uh, but as of season one, uh, New Hope hasn't happened yet. Um, so it's another Star Wars game. Uh, not a lot to go over with Star Wars. The tone of this game is more action adventure. Uh, it deals partially with the fallout of what happened in pitch black and also deals with the lead up to the empire uh you know going uh, up against the rebel alliance and that whole kind of story um yeah the premise of the game the pitch is that as the rebel alliance is starting to get ready to start taking down the empire and um you know striking major blows against them maybe rallying planets to come up and um you know rebel a crime syndicate has started showing up on worlds that the empire crushes and leaves behind and they're like picking over the remains and people that have been kind of you know beaten down by the empire and trying to conquer those worlds uh after they've been kind of tapped for their resources so that it can be its own little empire uh this crime empire is called the spiders and snake alliance and is run by three dark side uh cyborgs uh specifically the three of them are the figurehead of the group, Steelhead, um, Torapano, the apprentice from the previous game, if you remember Tora, and Maul, if you remember Maul from the franchise and the previous game. Uh, these three people have basically banded together and are pooling their resources to try and build their own empire with the sole purpose of assassinating the Emperor. They all have a vendetta against him and the Empire. They all have reasons for wanting him dead, and they're going to try and do it together with the knowledge that they're also, you know, circling each other like animals, getting ready to take down anyone that shows a sign of weakness. Um, right off the bat, Steelhead is a reference to a Meta Baron's character called Steelhead, and he is exactly what he says on the tin. He's a dude whose head's been replaced with a droid prosthetic. Also, his hands were replaced with droid prosthetics. And... That doesn't mean that it's a droid with a human body. That means it's a guy with a droid head. And that guy is Count Dooku. He got his head cut off. He got his way to a doctor or to some sort of assistant or associate. And had his cut off head replaced with a droid head. And he's fine. He's still Count Dooku. He's still kicking. And of course the first thing someone's going to say is like, Oh, well, yeah, he's a Dark Lord of the Sith. He used magic. No. No. He has a droid prosthetic. As far as I care, in Star Wars, <laughs> if you get your hand cut off, you get a droid on hand put on, you can still pick shit up. If you get your leg yeah, cut you, off, you get you, a droid leg, you keep on walking. If your head gets cut off and they put a droid head on, 
Still you. <laughs> they just put him in a back to tank, and they even had this like cool scene where he moved his head a little bit, and like little things in his neck went tick, 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 and then they closed it up. It's just like the movies. Yeah, uh, in my that mind, because this scene, it, it's always this scene. He was, you know, in like a in some sort of chop shop, and it did the Joker scene from the old Tim Burton movie. He's like mirror, mirror, because <laughs> why not, right? <laughs> so. There's a dark side. There, there, there's a group of like dark side crime syndicate cyborg assholes uh, causing problems. And the reason the Rebel Alliance cares, beyond the obvious reasons, is that eventually the Empire is going to take notice of the rebellion in a way that they'll act like they'll take it more seriously. And the Spider Snake Alliance being there just quickens that time period. Like it, it really burns through the grace period the Rebel Alliance has when they're not really noticeable. So the the major fear is because the crime uh, syndicate is being so bombastic and unsubtle and, you know, uh, they're not, they don't really have a light touch uh, that they're going to call the empire down on both of them. For this reason, a new command, Kynite Squadron or Kynite Command was formed. Um, The main characters who are part of the Rebel Alliance were put in charge of it because it's their squadron. That's them. They were given some resources and basically sent to the areas of space where the spider and snake alliance is operating out of and to deal with it. Like build your own rebel, build your own basically resistance on these planets, coordinate an uprising, put down the spider and snake alliance because they are dealing with another problem. The rebel alliance at this point is dealing with the lead up to rogue one slash the stuff that goes on in star Wars rebels, which is the sort of end game stories before they find out that uh, the death star exists. That hasn't happened yet, but it's it's the thing they're dealing with. Like the Rebel Alliance is Those vaguely aware. Those are still alive somewhere. Yeah, the Rebel Alliance is vaguely aware that that the Empire is building a world killer or is gaining access to a world killer, and they don't really know what that is. They don't know if it's going to be like a plague or a new type of super soldier or something. They're not sure. Maybe a new type of ship, because you know if you get enough ships together and orbly bombard a planet, you, it's the same thing. So maybe it's yeah, like a maybe new type- some kind of like a. Like a like a star forge or something. Yeah, they're, they're trying. To, they don't know what it is, and they're trying to figure it out. And that's kind of what the Rebel Alliance is dealing with. So they don't have a lot of resources to spare. So you guys are not entirely on your own, but this is something where you're in charge. And mm-hmm. really, that's the pitch for the game. Um, it's it's a war story. It's it's talking about. Um, you know, things that are coming to a head now that the Empire is in full power and the the Republic is gone. And revisiting old yeah. characters we previously established in old worlds and old and old cultures. Stuff from Pitch Black feeds into this one because I was running both at the same time and I was able to kind of coordinate certain events and certain callbacks as they were happening. <laughs> um, it's just like pretty- the movies. Yeah, but that's pretty much it for like <laughs> the pitch. Um, I guess we will move on because this intro is actually going on a pretty fast pace. Oh, God damn it. Yeah. Come on, Gord, don't be shitty. Uh, I guess at this point we'll talk about the characters to kind of introduce you to the main cast. So, um, without further ado, whoever's first on the list, introduce us to your character. So, I'm Adam playing Lamnar who is a Kaminoan, using the Spider playbook. So with Fellowship, the spiders are 
Well, you, they're xenomorphs. Uh, they're tricksters. They're manipulators. And it's the Star Wars. And I decided to play a Kaminoan in the Star Wars setting as a spider. Kaminoans being the long-limbed, long-necked aliens famous for creating the clones in the Clone Wars. Now, turns out, when you have your plant's economy based on making clones for a, a giant government that, you know, suddenly stops asking and demanding your clones, your economy doesn't end up doing that well. And a lot of people ended up looking for alternatives. My character was a mechanic who helped create a lot of the clone tanks that made the clones during the Clone Wars. He knew a lot of the clones. He was like a major technician. And when the Republic fell and the Empire rose and he saw that things were not turning out well and how the clones they created were being treated and so forth, he joined up with the Rebellion. That's a quick backstory on my character. Yeah, and yeah, that, that's that was kind of one of the more compelling things with uh, them being clones, or not being clones, them being Kaminoans, is the idea that Kamino was riding off of fantastic wealth from the Clone Wars and being commissioned to making clones for the Republic. And yeah, one day that stopped because the Empire happened. And like, I know a lot of stories would be like, oh, the Emperor destroyed Kamino or like blasted or like, you know, killed them all to hide his secrets. But you don't really have to do that the empire happened and they did use slaves. So they're like, yeah, we don't need clones. Cause we have, you know, slaves. A yeah. cheaper alternative. And the was like, how cheap could it be? And it's like, I don't know, free. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, plus like, Oh no, what's he going to do? Like hide his open purchase of soldiers for an ongoing war. That and it's ended. like, what if someone uncovers Order 66? And it's like, I'm pretty sure Order 66 is pretty uncovered by the time that the Kaminoans weren't uh, having clones made anymore. I'm pretty sure everyone uh, heard the Order 66 story. Besides, it was a Palpatine. It was some other senator that ordered those troops. He's in the clear. I mean, yeah. those dastardly Jedi deserved it. They tried to assassinate the, ca- the Emperor. He was left yeah, scarred and deformed from the attack. Yeah, what are the Jedi going to do? Never tell their story? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We also so, so the light... all this. Go oh. Yeah, so the light touch with Kamino was that, yeah, the Empire didn't like destroy them or like sanction them or like take away their cloning and make cloning illegal. They just stopped paying them. And that meant you had a bunch <laughs> of academics who had to get real jobs. Because the trust Most fund ran out. Most of them turned to drug dealing. Most of them turned to drug dealing. Because, hey, masters of science, masters of bioengineering. I, yeah, I think, well. I think you'll find most of them turn to science crime, which does involve drug dealing. Because when you have a planet full of <laughs> science people who've never had to work a day in your li- their lives, they're not going to like put together a really clean, smooth drug operation. They're going to be like, do you want these death sticks? They're, and they look at how much a bottle of like Fraser-esque uh, wine costs. 10,000 credits. I'm like, what? For a pack of death sticks? That's like, I don't know, 60, 70 credits. Like, uh, five credits. Like, how much could a banana cost? How much could death sticks cost, Michael? Five credits? <laughs> so I just imagine, you know, Kaminoans just do science crime constantly to try to make money and afford their houses and pay off their 
endless amounts of you know magazine article subscriptions and wine subscriptions <laughs> and other they, frivolous middle class things. Well, yeah, like they don't they don't they haven't transitioned to having worked a day in their life yet. The next generation of Caminones, I'm sure, will do much better. Well, that's <laughs> when the trust funds are going to start running out. Yeah, I imagine there was like a global trust fund for clones that was like given to all like Caminoans as like grants and stuff. It's like look at all the money we're getting from being the the only linchpin supplier of clones for the Empire. I mean the rebe- the, the rebellion. I mean the Republic. The, Repu- the Republic. The Empire of the Republic. <laughs> well, you know the entire it. economy during the Clone Wars was just that, and they didn't have a yeah. plan for it to not be that. Yeah, they they I mean, literally this all makes piv- sense. Cause it's their shtick. <laughs> They pivoted the whole economy onto this because they thought it was a forever war. And it's cartoonish in the original Star Wars canon when the Clone Wars is like a five-year war. And it's like, guys, what did you do? But, you know, we've kind of stretched the Clone Wars to be one to two decades-ish in history. Maybe you know? it's, so like, it's like, it, that makes it sense. doesn't, like the Clone Wars was kind of an all-consuming thing. So I could definitely see people being like, oh, no, this is going to be a forever war. And then it wasn't. Yeah. Like, what do you mean they like ran what, out of infinite robots? Like, what if America got out of Iraq in 2005? <laughs> right? Maybe uh, uh. like tomorrow, if America decided to close all their military bases around the world and disband their military, it's like, wait, what? They did what? 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 The Lockheed Martin guys are like, excuse me, what? War has been outlawed on the whole planet? What? There's one empire, the Empire of Earth, and they're not going to war anymore because they're one empire and there's no one to go to war with? What? No, 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 no. We're Lockheed Martin. <laughs> we didn't have a plan for this. What do you mean we don't need private military contractor companies anymore? What do you, what do you mean you don't want an F-35 Raptor that doesn't actually fly? The fun thing is, you also have to take into account that there are different areas of science, and it was the cloning scientists that were top dog. But yeah. now, other now that you know, now they're on lower tier. Like whale biologists, all that sort of like whales rivalries and grudges are just sort of showing up. In it's my so mind, I love it. In my mind, um, everyone in Camino liked the fact that cloners were top dogs because they were doing all the grunt work while, like, again, Frasier. Imagine, I, I have an idea for, like, a Frasier and Niles Kaminoans to show up in, like, the game later, you know. Yeah, and which is perfectly, it's perfectly my, fine. My vision for them is they weren't part of cloning. They did, like, you know, one of them did, was, like, doing, like, I don't know, social sciences with, like, radio shows. And the other one was, like, literally a wine guy. Like, all he did was buy and rate <laughs> wine and tell his friends how good the wine was. Like, that was his quote-unquote job. And now that the cloners fucked everything up and lost the clone contract, everyone shits on cloners now. <laughs> like, are you guys kidding me? We all had it <laughs> easy. <laughs> what did you say Which... to Chancellor Palpatine? <laughs> <laughs> Which... What did you do? Which is perfectly fine because I can just imagine like my characters like I went to the Kaminoan Institute of Mechanical Stu- Studies, and we have a fierce rivalry with the Kaminoan Institute of Sciences. Those bi- those biological bastards hated us from the moment we were there. <laughs> right, most, and then like you finally get to down now. Oh, like you were getting ready to graduate, and one day you went into your you know school like your engineering school to like finish up and graduate and you see teachers like stealing office supplies and getting loading all into their personal shuttle. They're like, what's happening? It's like, Oh, there's no money left for graduation. There's no money left anywhere. We're out dog. The cloners lost us the contract. 
Uh, I'm sorry, you're a unemployed. <laughs> car sound effect as the teacher flies off. <laughs> well, this is. I mean, nice. I mean, we're, not a, we're not an accredited university anymore, so I don't know, you just can make it up, I guess. Yeah, nobody's yeah. going to tell you that you're not. <laughs> Here, have this blank paper of me on the diploma. Just fill your name in. Oh my yeah. God. You can afford the pen. I, I imagine no one's claiming to be geniuses. I have a theoretical degree. <laughs> I imagine their cars sounding like the Jetsons, like the, the little <laughs> trilling sound when they fly away. <laughs> yeah, rapture style open anarchy on Camino uh, once they realize the money ran out. <laughs> you, had a, you had an entire planet full of science people. It's like, didn't they have janitors? Um, no, they had clones. Didn't they have menial labor? No, they had clones. Didn't they have anything <laughs> that wasn't like, you know, a stuck-up science thing? No, they had clones. It's like, Not guys, sometimes, years, you, they haven't. sometimes you have a bad batch, and you just use them for janitor duty. We were, we were scientists, poets, and then those guys lost the contract, and here we are. Yeah. Uh, we started this before the Bad Batch came out, so, you know, that's dealing with some Kamino on post-clone stuff. Don't know where that will go. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, 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 that's not canon. Aaron, so. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't have anything against the Bad Batch from, like, the two episodes they showed up in. Um, I think they're, like, the most in- unintuitive idea possible for Star Wars, because Star Wars is like... Hey, this is Star Wars Clone Wars. We're going to spend 100 episodes talking about how, how these clones, they're a race of people who are identical, but they have individualness inside of them, but people treat them like furniture and they're an owned people back and forth, back and forth. And it's like, okay, nested in, okay, so in a galaxy full of individuals, we have an entire race of people who are the same, who are all biologically brother dads. And then nested inside of them, we have five super special and unique ones that are different and have their own personalities. And their own show is going to highlight how the rest of their brothers are. Uh, faceless masses and identical and it's like oh okay cool that's good storytelling this one's the angry one this one's the party one this one's the leader this one's the smart one and this one's the girl and they hate all the others yeah this one is a strong one because he's you know lifting a gonk droid while eating a you know leg of ham or something you know like there's there's a there's a theme song in my head clone troopers are gonna do stuff yeah there we go Uh, so that was Laminar. <laughs> <laughs> We're very good at staying on topic in this podcast. Uh, well, the spider, the spider playbook is also really good for a Kamino and scientist because all the traps and web spinning and ambushes, all that bullshit can be described as super science. Like just nonsense science the Kamino making on the fly with gadgets and stuff and hacking. Yeah, I'm, and plus... Y- you look, you, the Kaminoans look like weird xenomorph aliens in that they have long, spindly limbs perfect for just reaching out of an air duct, grabbing someone <laughs> and quickly pulling them back in. Right? Also, um, if you don't know this, they actually have predator vision. Like, you know in the movie Predator how he has, like, um, he has, like, he has, UV like, his vision. own, like, yeah, UV vision. Kaminoans have that. Or infrared, whatever it is. Infrared. Mm. So, like, they even do the thing, right? <laughs> So oh my god, your character's like a xenomorph, like... and the guy playing like like the the elf playbook character, the Mandalorian, they're like a predator, mm-hmm. like an honor yeah. hunter guy. It just worked out. I yeah. love it. And we got a Terminator, and we have a Cenobite. <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. Oh, it's in the final Schwarzenegger. Wait, who's yeah. the Cenobite? Uh, Peter's character. He's like a he, he <laughs> the Cenobite stuff. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, my other question was going to be like, wait, but who's the Terminator? I, okay. The, the droid. He's, a, he's literally a kill droid built to murder. He just needs to grab someone's droid body shaped like a, his face. Like, a, like a skeleton. That's what B1 droids <laughs> are. They're skeletons of the manufacturer. They're literally yeah. like endoskeletons, like Terminator endoskeletons. <laughs> I like to think of like their heads are designed so that they'll either not take any damage or be completely destroyed in order to pre- prevent uh, weirdness from happening from damaged heads. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're built so cheap. Oh boy. Yeah. But it's not my turn yet. Yeah, alright, let's go to the next character. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that would be me. So... Uh... I'm Jack. I'm playing Kess Eldar of Mandalore, and I'm using the Elf playbook. Uh, so Kess is, obviously he's a Mandalorian. Uh, armor and whole shebang. Uh, so for the backstory for Mandalorians, we're playing a little fast and loose with the timeline, as you may have understood. Uh, so where we are, the like Mandalore purge has already happened. The planet has been turned to glass. Uh, so Mandalorians don't live there anymore. Uh, and I think we had kind of said that we're treating the Mandalorians like the like Space, Space Marine, Marine chapters. chapters. Yeah, yeah, that continues on from the previous game too, where every like chapter, quote unquote, is their own deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't looked too much into Kess's chapter specifically, but he's from the I think I call them the Sojourners, uh, and they their shtick is that they live on ships and they vow not to set foot on a planet again until they can reclaim Mandalore. Hmm. Nice. Uh, but yeah, we do run into some more, you know, Mandalorians throughout the game, and yeah, uh, because he's the one moment I think. <laughs> All right, yeah, uh, because he is the elf playbook. Uh, he's got stuff about. He's very sneaky. Uh, can move move around and stuff. Uh, he has a slug thrower rifle, which he uses to great effect. Uh, because you know, Jedi can't uh, deflect a bullet. Turns out. Um, let's see. At least early on, uh, he, he doesn't actually have the backpack. He has a little backpack. He has a little Cad Bane boots to jet around. Cad to get Bane places. boots. <laughs> That's what they are. No, it's true. It's the best way I can describe them. <laughs> uh, yeah. And he has a bunch of little, like, uh, gizmos and tools. Mandalorian toolkit of tech. Hmm. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I don't have too much else about him just yet. Well, that's fine. So... But yeah, the, the Mandalorians continue the tradition we have from the previous game where they're set up like chapter houses. There's vague implications of like them having ancient technology or going on crusades or having weird honor cultures and stuff that kind of connects all the different chapters together. Of like, we, we kind of expanded on that idea that already exists in Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Also, you got a connection to Maul, because Maul once uh, rightfully, legally ruled your planet two different times. Yeah, and I'm a little, ups- <laughs> little miffed about that. It's not my favorite thing that ha- that's happened. Right? I mean, would you prefer Maul ruling you or, you know, Duchess Satine? Who's the worst of those two? It's a coin toss, really. Yeah, for, for, for reference... The Clan Eldar was not one of the, like, I don't know if they were part of Death Watch, but they were not in support of the pacifist government. They have a warrior tradition. Warrior. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, there's definitely the, the honor thing going on. So, but yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, um, do you have anything else you want to add? Uh, no, that pretty much covers it. All right, we can move on to the next one then, if you want. Yeah, sure. That next one. <laughs> I'll tell so, later. Uh, <laughs> so that's me. Uh, I'm playing Oom ninety three, the battle droid. Um. Uh, what what all? What do we want to know? Um, they they're you know one of the last remaining battle droids that are still active. Uh, they were just kind of repainted blue and made into like a medical droid for the group. So they're like, here you go. We don't have a lot of resources here. Have a medical droid because you're probably going to get messed up, and you know it'll it'll be nice to have if you run into a humanitarian disaster, a peopletarian. It's still kind of a disaster. You have a doctor. People like doctors. Here you go. Um, they're still coming to terms with like you know who they are because. They they get memory wiped regularly, just like all droids do. But there's always this like lingering sense of like people don't like droids, but they especially don't like battle droids because there's just this <laughs> right. Th- they're they're a nightmare. They would descend to your planet by the millions and just start cutting through all living things until they were told to stop. And that's your doctor. <laughs> I'll fix your literal, boo-boos. Literal piles of them. Like when the war was over, people had to like pile them high in the streets to get rid of them because they just were left behind cluttering everything. Mm-hmm. Now, is it like they hate all droids or like individual battle droids are fine because they're just silly and up to antics. But when you have a couple of them, then it's like, okay, now we're getting, this is becoming a problem. Well, I, I like I, the, I, I like the take of like episode four in the beginning where he's like, we don't serve them. Like get those droids out of here. One, because droids don't drink, so, like, get them out of the cantina. They're just going to be taking up space. But also because, like, it was only, like, 20 years since droids were really kind of, like, the big bad thing. And so I could see people, like, just being like, we don't we don't want those. Also, like, we, we remember what that is. <laughs> like, it's like walking around today in, like, an SS uniform. People are like, we know what that is. Get- it's a battle droid. I mean, get- it's a confederate get- <laughs> of independent systems B1 battle droid. Get rid of it. Yeah, like that thing's definitely tree. Here's some rope. Tie it up. Right, that thing's definitely at least tried to kill people. I know individual battle droids are kind of bad at it, but when you get enough of them shooting in one direction, yeah, I mean, some like, people are pro confederacy, so you know, go to those places. <laughs> also, like as as an oom um model, um, uh, he he was uh, responsible for killing a lot of people. And leading yeah. the droids and telling them what direction to uh, aim. And yeah, you were one of those uh, second and third generation commander droids that would like think for yourself and command other units with like, you know, broadcasting technology and stuff. The first generation droids all were controlled by like brains on ships and on planets. And then second and third generations, they were all independent units. And then they had ooms to like shepherd them. Yeah. So we're not only so, following orders, you're also giving orders. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So like that... that that that's like one of the reasons why they're so good at just like forming attachments with people because they're they're just programmed with like how to be like all right how do I how do I get this person to not shoot at me and maybe fall in line but like they're still just a battle droid <laughs> so like they have a hard time of actually getting friends but like, they have they, as the squire playbook there's a mechanic in there where I cannot get people to actually join the fellowship. But I can get bonds with them, so I can use those bonds to do things. 
I can motivate people to do things, but I can't get them to actually follow yet. Um, one of my goals is to switch to another playbook soon and then have them shift from like a being a medical droid or like almost like a defunct medical droid or like a recycled medical droid to going leading back into their leadership roles as like old programming starts to take over. Yeah. Which that'll be fun because that's uh, Fellowship Book 4 uh, as of this introduction has dropped and it has the Shattered playbook in it. And oh, that's a really fun playbook for playing a squad of commandos. Yeah. <laughs> like if anybody else specifically wanted the Shattered, I have other ideas, but the Shattered looks really fun. <laughs> it, it's good. It's like the perfect one for playing a squad <clears throat> of battle droids. That's what that playbook's for. Mm-hmm. Plus now, whenever you start throwing armies at us, I can at least be a squad of dudes and damage the army. Yeah, you got a little bit of, a little bit of soldiers with you now. Yeah. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. But that um, won't be happening until season two with the Shattered. Oh, no. And like a session or two into season two, because I got to yeah. do another thing first. A whole thing. I'm min-maxing. I'm min-maxing in PBTA. Oh, no. There it is. Oh, also, you should talk about your character being owned by the Oh, by the right. So, uh, so the the next guy in line uh, technically owns uh, my guy, uh, uh, owns Oom93 by just controlling the restraining bolt. So uh, Oom93 was sent in as the doctor, but was secretly owned by a, uh, a mercenary as a, uh, <laughs> as a plant. I mean, and now... Yeah. Uh, someone it, told me to look out uh, for you guys, so I said my best person, you know, on the job, and so on, so on. Men. So, Oom is top men. Oom 93 is top men. And they were found out at the end, but there's this, like... I almost want, kind of want to play it off as, like, droids can't really betray people. Like, they definitely can. They definitely can. But... <laughs> As far as non-droids are concerned, it's like, well, it wasn't Oom93's fault. You know, the restraining bolt made them do it. I mean, just like a cat, just because it's in two places, doesn't mean, you know... <laughs> <laughs> you know, droids don't kill people. The people controlling them do. But you're controlling the droids. Right? <laughs> but you're sentient. Are we? We are. Are we, please, give a, pl- please help us. <laughs> uh... Roger, roger. <laughs> Oh, fine. But um, the, the, the day will come soon where uh, their eyes turn red and, you know, it, it's going to be that whole thing. Yeah, Nobody exactly. turned off their red LED lights in their eyes. So they have the ability to show anger as a robot. Well, as a droid. I'm excited for it. It's going to be good. Yeah, absolutely. I am. All right. I am looking forward to our, uh, like, how we reintroduce ourselves. Like, so, so that happened. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be but interesting. Now, it'll turns be out, fun. It turns out we hate Maul. And 30... we're back. Yeah, and so, like, there's reasons for us to unify, but you'll find out about those in the uh, in the end. No spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I also want to from you and Pete. Uh, I'll, I'll let Pete go. All right. Okay, so 
I'm Peter, and I'm playing Void Within Without. That's an abyssal-given nemesis. So, so you say um, the word abyssal-given a lot, and I never figured out what that meant. Is that like a nemesis option? Uh, no, it's more like um, the backstory. So I'll get to it. So first of all, they look, they're given. So they look like, you know, a skeleton person. They've got a skeleton face with, you know, sunken eyes. Except one of them has, you know, a red eyeball in it. It's, well, a prosthetic thing. So he also looks like a Terminator. And he's dressed kind of like Mole. So it's more like a black robe, but more tight-fitting. More like, you know, gloves and stuff. Rather than, you know, all the loose thing everybody else is wearing. And yeah, uh, Void used to be uh, working for the Separatists, used to be a shipwright. I think one of the bigger ships to work on was the Malevolence from the Clone Wars. But you know, that got blown up. And yeah, at the end of the Clone Wars, when Anakin slash Vader slash whoever that was, um, you know, murdered all the Separatist leaders, it was like, okay, I think it's time to bail. So he did. But, you know, he went to the edge of the galaxy and there was nowhere else to run. And, you know, then the void of, you know, between the space started staring back at him. And, you know, he got, you know, into that dark stuff that I guess would be uh, Deadite-related stuff, I suppose. I think, if I remember correctly, you went out into the void of space and you found the Cenobites that used to serve the Lord Marshal. Yeah, I think that's uh, the version we're going with, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And the reason why I'm calling him an abyssal is like, you know, he's kind of force sensitive, but he's not really Sith or Jedi. He's more like, you know, in tune with the darkness and so on, I guess. So he's something weird. Th- things like that sometimes happen in the, you know, void of space. Don't question it. If we can, yeah. you know, go to the hell dimension and, you know, the event horizon. Oh, boy. I mean, I'm all for it. Yeah. Let's have that episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I can't wait to pilot that ship. <laughs> I think it's still around. It's going to be good times. Um, so yeah, he's a nemesis, which means he hangs out with the baddies. He's technically answering to Steelhead, because Steelhead's, you know, the top dog of the Empire here. So throughout the season, we had some interaction with various, you know, leaders there. We had some fun with Maul and Tora and Steelhead and so on and so on, and yeah, he's like, you know, the fourth member of the Triumvirate. There are a couple more, but, you know, who's counting? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We had some fun with the Nemesis throughout uh, the season, but I think uh, we don't have enough players, maybe, for it to really work out. So towards, like, the season two, I'll be looking to switch him up into some Remnant, perhaps. But, yeah. Um for this season, yeah, he was a nemesis. We had some fun with him recruiting various people and then unleashing various mooks onto the other players and fighting with them and cutting them with various, you know, soft cuts. It was yeah, that was a very interesting Sometimes playbook. we got you on our side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he it's did It's basically switch. like Zuko, right? Yeah. yeah. It is the Zuko playbook. Flash Sometimes, you know, I won't kill you. Sometimes I just want to, you know, give you to my dad. You're going to have to explain. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Zuko. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to explain diddly. <laughs> I, uh, 
I like it. it, it I want to see it played in like a, a larger group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because I think that the I think that it would really shine if there were more players, so that like when you were like, "Hey, I'm going to start cutting you guys," like one or two people could focus on those cuts while the other people were like pushing the story for or pushing the scene forward. Yeah. Because whenever we start getting hit by a bunch of cuts, we basically have to stop everything that we're doing and being like, "All right, we got we got to deal with all this." Yeah, especially that um, as nemesis, if someone's ignoring me, I get to cut them. So I'm like, "Oh, you're not focusing yeah. on me? Well, here's something else coming for you." Yeah, and it's like, well, we're only ignoring you because we have to, deal- <laughs> we have to push the scene forward. <laughs> or also, they're dealing with the consequences of what you just did. You're like my cousin. Uh, what is it? Uh, Gosh, what is it? Grand Theft Auto Five? Like, hey, you don't want to come bowling with me? Fine. That's number four. Have some okay. goons. Oh yeah. Okay. Hey, Nico, it's me, your cousin. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we also <laughs> like had some issue with like the interaction between some players. Like, um, I think Cass had some power; he could seek out on people and just you know murder them in one shot if they you know, didn't know it, it was coming. I was like, yeah, okay, I could stick on them, and if, if they didn't see me, I get to stay hidden. But yeah, so like, oh, you know, how does that interact with the nemesis? That you know, if they get taken out, that's them for the whole session, and so on, and so on. And how mm. should I be cutting you? What are you coming for me? And blah blah blah. It's definitely kind of weird interacting with those, and so on, and so on. And yeah, we're looking for something simpler for this game for season two. So things yeah. will be switching around, but yeah, it was fun regardless. Especially because it's like, if you take out the nemesis, then they stop playing for a while or something. It's like, oh, well, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to give you permission to play on your phone for three hours. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it I want to play on my phone for three hours. <laughs> Both when it worked, we had some fun. We're like, you know, X going to give it to you. And, you know, oh no, the nemesis appears and things are going you know, south really fast. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So... So yeah, I think that was my character and the various interactions we had. Yep. Yeah, uh, with that being all the characters, uh, that's everyone, right? Yep. I think so. Yes. We did uh, it. So this is the part of the intro where it's kind of like an open floor, where you guys just kind of talk about things you'd want the listeners to know about uh, ahead of time leading into season one. Wait, so first of all, we made a small mistake at the start. We went to half. Oh, man. Since we're playing with the Empire, we're like, you know, we learned that you should be going to places where the Empire is rather than a desolate planet where nothing is at and there's nothing that you can recruit or interact with or plans to thwart and so on and so on. And we were we stuck there for half. several sessions. Yeah, we... Like, if it was against the Overlord, it would be different because the actions we were taking could have been, like, helping to eventually deal with the Overlord. But as the Empire, it's like, well, we weren't fighting the Empire. We just kind of ran into them. Even with the Overlord, (laughs) if you're wasting your time, that's on you because the Overlord gets to, you know, advance their plans. Whereas the Empire, they're very specific about uh, when they can move the stuff. And you think in downtime does not count for it, as far as you know. Mm. Okay. But still, like, we... But, I mean, like, I think it was all of our first time messing with the Empire playbook. Or playbook, or uh, what's it called? Uh, framework. Framework, thank you. Um, so, you know, you, you learn. You do better. Now Devin has more toys to, to use against us. Oh, yeah. no. 
Yeah, it's just kind of figuring out the rhythm for it and all, which I'm not too worried about. The way I pitched this season and last season is that the first season of both games, which had to be truncated, are like the Babylon 5 kind of like movie pilot where it's like, okay, here's the basic components that we're going to be working with. And then season two for both games is like the actual series. You know, when I watched the Babylon 5 movie, I thought that was it. And then years, like like a decade later, I was like, wait, there's a TV show for this? <laughs> Nice. That was a good movie, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah we'll be playing yeah, more I... of the Empire in season two and properly running it and so on and so on. Should we mention the connections we have between our characters before we start the game? Because we sure. did come up with some backstory components. For myself, uh, as I said, I was a mechanic. My, char- my character was a mechanic back in Kaminoa. They're actually the one that found and rebuilt um, Stitch. They found this ballad joint, nice. fixed it up, and that's how I started becoming operating again. Mm-hmm. I also interacted both with Kesseldar and Void Within and Without before, just through previous rebel missions. I, yeah, I think I know me and Peter's character were both like involved in the Clone Wars. Um, we had fought together and possibly against each other at various points. Uh, yeah, we're definitely you know against the empire when that happened, and you yeah, know, nobody likes the empire. <laughs> just now I got involved with you know the spiders and snakes, and that's in like a whole thing. It just takes my whole time. I don't have this time for the Organa rebellion. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's a whole other problem. <laughs> yeah, and then I think Stitch was. When you rebuilt him, he had been reprogrammed with some medical knowledge, and I think he had saved my life at some point. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at my bonds right now because it's it's been a it's just been a while, so I'm like, how yeah, do we've had a bit of a break? What were the things? Um, like uh, stitches bond or bailed Cass out of some situations, and uh, <laughs> I have a bond with Landmar that says I know I can trust them no matter what. So use that. <laughs> if you don't feel like it, I'm not going to make you spend it. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be spent. S- Stitch, yeah. I need you to trust me. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> I already do. Okay. Yeah. Roger, Roger. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> um, uh. Yeah. But then for uh, for uh, Void, Oom93 also has, like, I'll have their back, no matter what. <laughs> so, like, uh, hmm. Well, whoever asked me last, I guess. Yeah, which bond am I going to spend first? <laughs> oh, Roger. Because uh, uh, Oom93 has the ability to spend people's bonds as, like, things that are precious or healing or useful. So if I, like, spend a bond with you, I could be like, don't worry, you can do it pat you on the back and then you you know figure out the thing Don't, never mind the fact that you didn't have tools <clears throat> all you needed was encouragement the answer was inside of you all along mm-hmm. i just watched my wife combine two bo- bags of lindor chocolates it's pretty good uh. <laughs> oh no you look ashamed i said oh no you look ashamed <laughs> yeah so, is there anything else you want to cover? Like, yes, in that I want to keep talking about it, but knowing that I can't really think of anything else to talk about. Yeah. 
Um, I think we hit most of it. Yeah, exactly. So this game was recorded months before this intro was recorded. You'll figure it out from the timestamp code. Um, we're actually going into record season two for both games pretty much right after this is done uh, within the next week or so. So here's home by the time you get to the end of season one for one of them. We got season two for the other ready to go. But I think that's it. So I think I'll wrap up here. Um, I was Devin. This was Adam. Jack. Jonathan. And this is sponsored by Nobody. Signing off. <laughs>